am feeling very Olympic today. How about you? This is Tiki Ducks, and welcome to episode 9 of 6 Degrees of Tiki. I'm excited to say that today we introduce Shipwreck Shay as a co-host of 6 Degrees of Tiki, so you won't have to listen to my voice during all the podcasts from now on. I think it's a privilege and an honor to have him join the podcast. A good friend, and a great DJ, also. So, I hope you can see clearly now how the future podcast will be going. This is Tiki Ducks, and welcome to 2023. I'd like to introduce my Egg McMahon to the Johnny Carson, my captain to the Janelle, my Paul Schaefer to the David Letterman, Bert to Ernie. Bert to Ernie. I second banana. Shipwreck Shay, a.k.a. DJ Dark, a.k.a. I don't know. <laughs> Lots of names that I probably shouldn't put in the podcast. <laughs> so thank you, Shipwreck Shay. You've been on a couple of the other podcasts. We talked with you and your brother about Yacht Rock before. Yeah, dark and, and stormy. And you're very popular here. Doing uh, DJing Yacht Rock at Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No problem. Appreciate the invitation. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, doing doing this with you because I can tell you a lot of my listeners probably just hate it when one person talks during a podcast. It's not very entertaining. We'll mix it up. Mm-hmm. All right, Shipwreck. I know during one of the previous podcasts, I'll insert podcast number here. That would be episode two. Uh, we talked about reggae music, and afterwards you brought us some interesting topics about reggae that I wasn't aware of, and we we're going to do another podcast, so here's a great opportunity to talk about reggae music. That sounds great, man. I mean, it's you know one of the genres that both my brother and I love. We don't, get, we don't play it a lot in the Dark and Stormy show, but we kind of fold in where we can. I mean, it's... It's one of those genres that people think they know because they know Bob Marley. And reggae is so much deeper. Now, he is integral. I mean, he's very much a cornerstone in the genre. There's a number of artists that, along with him in his generation that were, like, integral. But when you go, when you, just what's, what's super interesting to us is how this one little island, you know, in the Caribbean produced so much great music for so many years, still to this day. Um, and before Bob Marley was the Bob Marley that we know, um, he was part of kind of a, more like a, what we would consider here, like a fifties, sixties kind of 
pop style. But what was big down there was the dance halls. And so, you know, if you had a dance hall song or a dance, a dance hit, you know, the, the DJs or the club would play it like nonstop, right? So they would have these 45s, much like the 50s and 60s here, we'd have these 45 singles that they would just play and play and play. But if it stopped being a hit, what would happen oftentimes is the 45s would be melted back down and pressed into new records <laughs> because, you know, we're talking about an island with limited resources, right? And, and, and so, you know, recycling, right? You know, recycle, repurpose, the whole, the whole concept. But this, in this case, we're talking about music and we're talking about, okay, if I want to go back and find some of those songs from way back in the day, it's near impossible. I mean, you know, it's, it's tough because, like I say, they were being turned into new records, right? So they would, t- you know, okay, this song's been played out. We've danced it out. We'll melt it down. We'll make, we'll press the next song. <laughs> it's just crazy. So the music was distributed through clubs. People heard it through clubs more than radio. And I think, I think some of both. Now, you know, I'm not saying that I'm an expert at all in the genre. This is just what I've learned and appreciated over time as a collector, you know, and appreciating it. And really what got my brother and I both more interested was um, how, like, through Record Store Day, for example, like Trojan Records, and some of these labels were, like, going back and finding um, some of these songs and, like, re-releasing them on compilations. And we were learning as we were collecting these and, you know, and gathering them through Record Store Day and then going out on our own hunts, we were learning how rare some some songs and some of this music can be because, you know, nobody was holding on to it, you know. I mean, you hear you hear about these things from the past all the time, right? Like TV shows. It's like, okay, well, when certain TV shows were being made, it wasn't a thing to, like, record them and keep them for... People weren't thinking about the future of, like, you know, VHS tapes or DVDs or Blu-ray collections or any of that kind of stuff. They were just like, okay, the show aired an episode, it's done, so let's, you know, erase the tape that we use and, and put in the next episode. So, you know, to find some of this stuff is, is difficult. And it's in every one of these kind of genres, like where, where, where are these things at and can they be unearthed and, and put out again? And that was what was going on with some of these old reggae records and tunes. Um, they were trying to find, you know, some of these rarities and then compiling them together, almost like preservation, you know, pres- preserving some of these songs. So besides Bob Marley, which almost everybody knows... Who, who else should people try to find, or who, who what should they listen to? Well, if you kind of go off of, um, you know, so like like Jimmy Cliff is another big pop one, and then the Whalers that were with Bob Marley, Bunny Whaler, and some of the others that performed with him in the early days. I mean, they all kind of spun off and did their own thing. Um, but you know, if, if you go into some of the history, you could find like even inspirations for some of those people. Um, like Toots and the Maytals, that was kind of one an early one. Um, you got to think that it was a blend of styles that were kind of working their way through the Jamaican music sound. So it was like R and B, um, you know, some jazz stuff that was influencing. Definitely like early rock and roll, you know, because they were trying to imitate some of the sounds that they were getting down there. But then also putting it, you're also folding in the the island sounds along with it, right? So. Um, 
you can look back to there's different there's different groups you know like some of the early groups and I'm kind of at a loss right now sorry <laughs> but we can definitely say reggae is tiki because of all the rum that's made out there <laughs> in Jamaica well yeah. I mean that you know again I think I've said this before when I've been with you but you know some purists for the tiki movement probably wouldn't consider the Caribbean you know tiki per se because you know it, it seems to be like more of a Polynesian uh, idea in the early days right um, of the movement but again I always preach that tiki tiki's an escape tiki's a getaway people are getting away right now in the background <laughs> and uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, uh, you know, it, to me, like you're saying, I mean, there's obviously a lot of rum out of the Caribbean. Jamaican rum is some of my favorite. Um, you know, definitely, just even along if you get down into the you know South American coast. Um, so it's wherever you want to get away to. And my tiki has always been a little. My personal feel has always been leaned a little more Caribbean style than the necessary Polynesia. So all the cheering and stuff was because we just uh, have a new admiral here at Lackawanna Rump Club. And introduce yourselves to everybody. Uh, my name's Chelsea. Uh, online handle is CD Pterodactyl. Um, yeah, I, I, I just went to Kat and said, oops, sorry about that. Uh, you know, I was six away, so I was like, can you give me six half pours of the worst drums you have here? And she delivered. Granted, some, you know, about half of them were actually fairly good, but there was one that tasted like an artificial Christmas tree, so I have mixed feelings about that one, and I, I, part of it's, you know, informed by the the rest of the alcohol I have consumed, so. So what was the last one you had? What was the, what was the the final one that got you across the line? The final one was Cutwater Bali High, which actually was fairly good. And like a couple of the others that I had just now, actually tasted like something, you know, it had a nice rich flavor to it. Um, also had kind of a mineral saltiness. I don't have my notes in front of me, otherwise I could probably give you more. But. It's actually the one that uh, I just had an Amaro daiquiri with that Cutwater Valley High from San Diego. Okay, yeah. And it was actually really good. Right. They did a little cold brew coffee with it. It was, it was kind of an, like, Kat called it an Amaro daiquiri. Okay, that's probably why it wasn't like my favorite as far as flavor profiles. I'm not really, I, I don't particularly like the Amaros and the coffees. Mm-hmm. It has a really good flavor, it's just not for me. Sure. But like, yeah, it, it, I could see how it would pair really well with the Amaros and the, the coffee flavors. If, yeah. you know, you're a cold brew coffee fa- fan, it'd probably be really good for oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah. So one of the questions you'll get asked very often from now on, <laughs> what's your favorite rum? Oh yeah. The favorite rum so far actually has is either the bamboo or the shrub. I I have I, I tell people mostly jokingly I have the palate of a toddler, so I, I I like I like the stuff that runs sweet and with kind of that spicy kind of candy note, which is why I like the shrub because it, it it tastes like a you know cinnamon orangey candy, which turns a lot of people off. But again, you know whatever. <laughs> But the bamboo is nice too. Again, you can just kind of drink it straight, or you can kind of mix it with things. But, and again, when you drink it, you're not. I w- wasn't expecting banana, and then it's like, 
Okay, here we yeah. are. Banana. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of banana caramel. I don't know if you'd call it a banana's foster type of thing. Yeah, but, I was just going to yeah. say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Admiral. You know, you know, another crazy person is joining the ranks of Admiral. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> now you got to get your tea plan together so we can have that night. Right, yeah. Hopefully we can get that together because it's like, that's my other passion. Rum and tea are the two, two my two main drinks. Nice. So if I can pair the two together, even better. That'd be awesome. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, thank Joe. you. Thank you. Yeah, so again, like, you know, going back, and, and again, this is just, this is just self-taught gain knowledge being a fan and a collector and such um you know in the late 50s jamaica had um a couple genres that evolved you know that are familiar names like ska ska is a familiar music genre to some people um and basically a combination of like jazz and calypso music from the region and area and it was just all kind of fusing together so there was ska and then there was another kind of a genre, a little bit of a music movement called rock steady, And then out of those that were like late 50s going into the 60s, then we started getting more of this, you know, reggae, Rasta influence kind of sound, right? And so we had like, you know, certain artists kind of evolving out of that into this new sound. And, you know, obviously a lot of people, like I say, know of Bob Marley and the Whalers, and the Whalers consisted also of Bunny Whaler, Peter Tosh, Jimmy Cliff was moving through at the time, you know, gaining popularity, and um, you know, Desmond Decker was another name from the past. There was also like certain producers who were zoning in. Some of them were former musicians, evolving into more of a producer role, as happens in all music genres and in the industries, but some of them were also just straight up like seeing what was going on and realizing that there was a hunger or a, you know a want for these dance hall kind of this kind of music so um you know cox and dodd was a big one uh lee scratch perry was an artist who became a producer uh you know some of those and then again the labels that were coming out like trojan studio one island Records was originally a jamaican label that went to the uk so it was this whole movement in the mid to late 60s that became kind of what we know as, a lot of people know anyway, as Bob Marley and that whole movement into the 70s, right? And so then, and then it's just evolved ever since from there. So you mentioned Jimmy Cliff earlier. Yeah. And Jimmy Cliff's been in a couple movies. Yes. Uh, one... One of the movies I saw him in was Club Paradise. Awesome with movie. Robin Williams and Peter O'Toole. Yep, highly recommended. It's a it's a favorite of mine. Fun stuff. And they actually have a airline in that movie that's named after the movie The Harder They Come, which also had Jimmy in it. Yep. So. I've never seen that one. It's a it, it was a fun it's kind of a fun movie that he did in the early seventies and, and it also kind of brought him and the reggae sound they they kind of got a little more international notice because of that. I mean it was um it was basically like a movie that introduced some of Jamaican reggae music and Jamaican music to a wider audience. And he also did the soundtrack to Mission Impossible Three. Who knew? <laughs> I'm sure someone knew, but I right, didn't know that. Right. As you know, Shipwreck Shea, that every uh, Six Degrees of Tiki podcast, 
needs uh, six degrees of tiki. Okay. So yep. my thing today is Samuel L. Jackson, the famous snakes on the plane guy. Uh, uh, and okay. we make him tiki. Okay. Um, okay, so... Samuel L. Jackson right. was in the movie uh, The Long Kiss Goodnight. Okay. On the soundtrack for that is the famous Jimmy Cliff song, uh, Many Rivers to Cross. All right. Jimmy Cliff, Jamaica. Jamaica a reggae Jamaica. artist. Yep. Right. And Jamaica and rum and tiki. I'd go with that. <laughs> Samuel Jackson starred a movie. Long Kiss Goodnight. That had Jimmy doing his yep. songs on. Yep. Jimmy was born in St. Kathleen, uh, Jamaica. Jamaica is famous for the rums. Rum is definitely tiki. So and it's in a lot it. of tiki drinks here at Lagalono, I tell you that. Right. <laughs> I just thought we could have taken a uh, shorter thing because I think I mentioned um, Samuel Jackson in uh, the song that's playing. Oh, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Okay. I think I did Pulp Fiction in one of my things already. Included it. So it was Pulp Fiction. It was... I gotta go back. Um, we are gonna go back and do a review of the twenty twenty yeah. yeah, review of the 2020, 2022 year of six degrees of tiki. And I think I did have uh, Pulp Fiction in one of my things. But just kinda crazy to start talking about Samuel Jackson. <laughs> and you're back you're back song. to Pulp Fiction. That's all that is. It is. Because do you believe in uh, the Matrix? I love Like the real Matrix? Yeah. That we're that, living in right now? Yes, that we're living in right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got I got some people who want to talk about that. And, yeah. And I have I have an interest in it in I think there's something to it. Yeah. We're not lunatics, you know, we're not uh, crazy. No. But there's somebody's there's something to it. Somebody's running things behind the scenes. <laughs> well this was a short uh, podcast. I want to make sure we got introduced to Trick Rick Shea um, at the beginning of this year because he's going to be helping me and I'll be helping him with uh, a future podcast. Popping in and out of the podcast. Popping into the pods. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone. Uh, talk to you later. <laughs>
$10 gift card to Lacalono. So look forward to that in February. Also, I want to make a correction at the end of this podcast. Uh, Shipwreck Shea and I were talking about the music playing in the background at Lacalono. We mentioned it was from Pulp Fiction, and that was incorrect. It was the Green Hornet from Kill Bill Volume 1. So we got a little bit confused at the end of the podcast and was talking about the wrong song. Thank thank you to all my loyal listeners. Look forward to talking to you in February.